Oh my goodness. Hi guys. I am so excited to finally be jumpstarting my podcast and to be finally recording my first episode. Recording this episode has been a long time coming. It's been really hard trying to figure out how to work all of this equipment that's very foreign to me and I still haven't figured out how to connect the microphone that I bought specifically for podcasting. So I'm still working on that. Hopefully this audio isn't too bad. I'm using my AirPod mic. Um, so I hope that it's bearable for this first episode, but hopefully by the second episode, I have my nice. So a little bit about me and just the purpose of this podcast as a whole. My name is Sophia Parker. I am a sophomore political science major, anthropology minor from Alexandria, Virginia, and I'm currently attending the illustrious Spelman College, the number one HBCU, period. Right now, we're actually online for the entire year, unfortunately. Thank you, Republicans. No, I'm I'm kidding, kinda. Um, we are online this year, so I'm not in Atlanta, unfortunately. That is where Spellman is, if you were unaware. I'm home in Virginia with my family, which has been really nice. I've been working, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but um, it does suck that I'm not with my friends right now, and I'm not living the true college experience that all college students should be living. Um, hopefully, we'll be back in fall of 2021. If I say um a lot, I'm sorry. I'm still working on proper podcasting etiquette or just speaking in general. I say um a lot when, you know, I'm getting my words together. So I am going to work on that. Hopefully that'll get better as the episodes progress. But yeah, let's get into a little bit about what this podcast is going to be about, why I wanted to start it, all that jazz. So since I was in sixth grade, I have loved content. I've loved Vine, YouTube, um, not really TV, but definitely like social media content. I started off watching YouTubers like Bethany Moda, Mac Baby, all of those like OG beauty influencers. I loved it. I still do really love YouTube. Um, and I really wanted to start a YouTube channel for the longest time, but I was so young and I just didn't have the means to be buying cameras and all that stuff. And I was really into sports, so I didn't have the time really to be making YouTube videos. So I've always had in the back of my head that I've wanted to create my own content. I'm very creative and I, I have a lot of different passions and it's been hard to find ways to implicate it into my life, especially because in middle school and high school, I was so into sports. That's like a full-time commitment other than school. Um, If you're playing on the high school team and a travel team and a club team, it's a lot. So pursuing my other passions kind of was put into the back burner. And now that I'm home for school, I figured I could finally put my passions into fruition. And a podcast I thought would be perfect for just the point I am in my life. I'm kind of past this phase of me wanting to start a YouTube channel. I definitely am not really into that anymore, but I first started listening to podcasts at the beginning of at the beginning of quarantine actually, when I would wake up super early, I didn't really have much to do. Um, and so I would go on walks and I'd find that I'd get really bored with my music. And so I started watching podcasts. Some of my favorites 
are Gals on the Go. Um, I really like Kendall Ray's podcast, Mile Higher. Um, Pretty Basic, Alicia Marie and Remy Ashton, just to name a few. And I love just how like natural and comfortable and how it almost feels like you're talking to a friend. And, you know, I am black. I'm 19 years old and I'm a woman. <laughs> so I feel like because I'm so intersectional in my status, I guess, in, in the world as a, a black woman, you know, for very intersectional people. I've, I, I've found that my opinions and my beliefs really only resonate with other black women. And, you know, I plan to have future episodes that really dive deeper into this concept, but you have a lot of influencers. You have a lot of celebrities who claim to be activists, and yet they don't have any black friends and yet they don't post about black issues and yet they're not in their communities connecting with real life black people actually wanting to help them or actually helping them and you know that could be for various reasons that i could go on and on about forever to be honest but i really feel like the main reason is because they don't have the insight into a black woman, you know, of black people in general, but black women specifically, you know, because we are the most oppressed, um, our opinion matters a lot. And even though we're constantly being pushed into a box, constantly being told that we don't matter, people are going to disrespect us regardless, even our own black men are the ones telling us this, you know, it could be really easy for us to forget that we matter, we are of rock in not only the black community, but in every community, I would argue. Um, and so with a podcast, with having a platform, I plan to be that insight, to show a black woman's perspective and how vital it is to actually being an activist not a performative activist, not an activist on Instagram, but actually being an activist, actually knowing the the terms and having the tools to create change. You know, that starts with listening to black women, hearing black women, and Park It and Listen, the podcast hosted by Sophia Parker, will hopefully be a catalyst and a stepping stone for other black women, of course, but definitely other people who are not in the black community um, to learn a little bit more about the things that we face and how they can use this knowledge of understanding the black community, how we've been oppressed, the oppressions within the black community to then enact change in every community. So while I plan to stick to a lot of like social commentary and talking about these big concepts, um, white fragility, misogyny in the black community, homophobia in the black community, just these really big topics, I also plan to integrate 
lighter topics, you know, that we can all relate to. And, you know, I, even myself, when it comes to watching certain YouTubers or listening to certain podcasts, some of the stuff can be very traumatic and can be very heavy and not that fun to listen to necessarily. Very educational, very informative, but not, you know, fun. So I do want to also have episodes that incorporate pop culture and talking about celebrity drama and talking about my favorite makeup of the month, you know, stuff like that, that can hopefully introduce you guys as listeners to new products to try, stuff I'm loving as a black woman, stuff I'm loving as a woman, stuff I'm loving as a person, period. Um, I don't want to only stick to social commentary uh, because I, I know how important it is to have a good balance of both. I, you know, following, like I said, following people on social media who only talk about heavier, you know, stuff that can be a lot to process, a lot to take in, a lot to go on with your day after listening to that isn't the healthiest sometimes. So I do definitely want to have a great mix of all of the things I listed. For this first episode, I do want to just have a lighthearted Q&A, get to know me, get to know my perspectives and how I think, what I think, what I believe. I think it'll be a great way to just get to know me and and introduce the podcast as we move forward. I think it's great to have a good solid basis and also just introduce the structure of my podcast and how I plan for it to flow moving forward. So with each episode, I of course I'm gonna introduce myself, talk about how my day was, how my week's been, the its and bits. And if there is a like a major um like political news update to be made for this week i do definitely want to talk about that i am a political science major like i said so every now and then i will have an episode about politics i don't really want to have too many episodes dealing with the news and politics just because so many other sectors of my life is so encompassed in politics i don't necessarily want my podcast to also be super politically heavy um that'll just be a lot for me to handle quite honestly i am very passionate about politics and about my beliefs when it comes to politics and so while a lot of the episodes will have some political um some political like points to be made um i don't want politically centered episodes too often but I do want to talk about it if it is important to, be t- to, to you know, talk about. So I do want to start out with that. Um, and then I'll move into the second segment, which is going to be my favorite of the week. Hopefully I can come up with a cuter <laughs> like segment title for that and a cute little like intro sound for that intro beat. I am working on finding someone to make me some like cute little intros and stuff like that. That would be fun. Um, so yeah, that's coming, but favorite of the week, I think it's super fun to just talk about what I've been loving for the week. I shop a lot. As you guys will begin to find out, I love buying stuff. It makes me happy. Don't really know if that's healthy or not, but 
we're working on it. I am actually working on it. So favorite of the week. Then the next segment will be the pop culture take of the week. So that kind of is similar to like my political newsy update. Um, if the episode isn't already centered on pop culture, then I will be talking about it. If it is, then I'm probably just going to be repetitive and talking about the same thing. So I won't have that segment, but in general, that is what I'll have. So to start off this episode with my favorite of the week. So my favorite of the week is actually the Aunt Jackie's Curl Elongator. I'm actually going to look it up and make sure that that's the right name um, for it. Just so I'm not giving you false information. Okay, so it's the Aunt Jackie's Don't Shrink Black Seed Elongating Curling Gel. Y'all. This is the best gel I've ever tried. Now, granted, I haven't tried that much. I don't wear my hair natural very often, so I haven't tried that many hair gels, to be quite honest, but I just saw this in CVS. CVS obviously does not have that many curly hair products, specifically black girl marketed curly hair products. So my options were limited, and this is very affordable. It was $6.99, so I grabbed it, and I love it i've already gone through two bottles and i've only been using it for like a month and a half i just use a lot of product so i say that to say that i love it i'm repurchasing it i probably will continue to repurchase it uh, i plan to do a whole video about my hair how i take care of my hair a hair journey per se episode so i'm not going to get too into it but I love it. I recommend it if you like putting gel in your curls. I don't use it to slick back my hair. You probably could, but I have thicker hair, so it doesn't really hold that well for that. But I use it to actually hold my curl after I already put in like a leave-in conditioner or a curl cream. And I love it. So affordable. I want to say Aunt Jackie's is black owned. Okay, actually, and Jackie is not black owned. That's really sad. I thought it was because they're owned by House of Shatham. Chatham? It's C H E A T H A M. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. Um, so, a little strange. Maybe I will do a whole video, a whole episode about black marketed products that aren't black owned because that is weird but anyways not <laughs> i could rant about that forever um regardless and jackie's is a great product and i love it so that is my favorite of the week now for my pop culture take of the week so this actually didn't happen this week this happened last week but i still want to talk about it because there's lots to unpack here um I'm sure most of you guys have heard about Mulatto and what happened to her a couple years ago. Basically, if you didn't hear about it, Mulatto has been scamming wig sellers, specifically black women who sell wigs, make wigs, own hair companies that sell and make wigs. And what happened or what has been happening because apparently she has done this to several companies which is absurd but anyways what has been happening is 
they will reach out to her as most companies do to celebrities. They would reach out to her, offer her a free wig, which mind you, nice quality wigs can be as much as $700, especially from companies that cater to celebrities. They typically tend to charge more, which makes sense. It's quality hair. They have a reputation behind them. So getting some promotion like this isn't necessarily free for them because they are still paying to make the wig and then giving giving it to her for free. Um, But it is very cost effective. And then in turn, they're having someone like Mulatto who has millions of followers, who has a very strong fan base, is well-liked in the industry. I mean, I don't know about after this how well-liked she is, but has been well-liked. Promoting their products and in turn, they're going to get a bunch of traffic to their, their Instagram page, their website, so on and so forth. So, of course, she would accept. She wears wigs. She is, you know, uh, likes wigs <laughs> in that way. And all they would ask is to be posted. That's it. Posted and tagged. They weren't asking her to pay for it. They weren't asking necessarily for like a brand deal. They just wanted to be posted. That's it. And oh, sorry if you can hear my stomach growling. Um, but anyways, so many noises. I'm sorry if you can hear any of those. I hope not. But what happened is she would ghost them. They would start having to spam her, being like, hey, like, are you going to post me? We had a deal. And she would ghost them and essentially steal their wigs. Now, the issue I have with this, which I have many issues with this, but the main issue I have with this is these are other black women. These are black women who are working hard to make their money. I think it's absurd to do this to another black woman another black woman like that's crazy to me that's the main issue i have with this um but the other issue i have with this is when we found out about this when this surfaced on twitter and social media her response was kind of disgusting and we found out because one of the wig sellers exposed her and posted their dms together And then in turn, a bunch of other companies were in the comments saying, oh, same thing happened to us. And that's how we found out that this is a continuous thing and this has been happening to several. It wasn't a one-off thing. Milano's response was so disgusting. She didn't take accountability. She excused the whole thing. I'm just going to go ahead and read you guys one of the tweets she tweeted. And that was like, what the heck, girl? Um, She said, two years later, I'm getting 10K a post and still would have tagged slash reimbursed you if you approached me different, boo, dot, dot, dot. My last hairstylist stole all my wigs when we parted ways and I'm still resolving issues today because of it, dot, dot, dot. Waiting two years for me to, quote, blow up sounds opportunistic. It's giving clout chaser. So, again didn't apologize, didn't take accountability, didn't offer to pay for it and more, like just made excuses, 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 excuses. That's all I read. Maybe you guys hear different, maybe you read different, but that is giving excuses. Um, It's a giving, you don't care about other people. It's giving, you're gonna do what you want because you're rich now and you're a celebrity and you don't owe anybody nothing. 
which isn't cute, boo. Not cute. I didn't like that. I do like Mulata's music. I recognize her name is problematic. She said problematic things. Um, I read yesterday something about her being colorist, saying colorist things. It's disgusting, um, but are we surprised? Are we surprised someone with the name Mulatto is all of these things? No. But yeah, so that was my pop culture take of the week. Mulatto, I don't know if she's canceled. I haven't really seen anyone, seen anyone say she's canceled per se. Um, but I definitely won't be listening to bitch from the south anymore so yeah she uh she locked that one in okay so now we can get into the main segment of this first episode this week's episode and like i said it's going to be a q a get to know me a little better i talked a little bit about myself in the beginning but i just wanted to answer some specific questions so on my personal instagram which i will have in the episode description i asked my followers to send me some questions for me to answer so so hopefully those followers who sent me questions are listening today so they can hear my answer that'd be nice and a lot of these people are my friends so i might be shouting them out but um the first question that i wanted to answer is a very very hard one favorite nail color my good sis sierra sent me this hey girl locks by c on instagram she does hair yes ma'am in atlanta georgia yes ma'am best hairstylist i know period anyways um favorite nail color this is actually not hard i was kidding it is pink light pink oh my god such a classic pink is my favorite color in general but on the nails, a nice baby pink, that can work in any season. I just, I can't. That literally works in any season. I love it. Long nails, short nails, baby pink is the way to go. You can't go wrong with it. Now, I am a fan of getting my nails different colors every single time I get my nails done because it's just fun. I love getting my nails done. But a go-to whenever I'm stuck or I don't really want to design or whatever is light pink. Love it. And then she also asked me what my biggest turnoff is. This is hard. I get annoyed very easily, especially by men or boys, might I say. Anyways, whew, about to start ranting there. Biggest turn off hmm honestly ignorance ignorance in any way shape or form not attractive being homophobic being transphobic being sexist being colorist being misogynistic a trump supporter i mean i shouldn't even have to explain that one sorry for yelling um (laughs) but just being ignorant being intolerant not being open-minded and willing to learn, willing to grow, willing to change is so, it's disgusting to me. That's not even like a turnoff, it's just disgusting. I am attracted to a man who will raise children who are kind and and warm and giving and gracious and open-minded and accepting. Like I just, if I can't picture myself raising a family with you, like, it's probably because you're ignorant or at least that's the main reason why and that is a turnoff to me so 
yeah the next question i have is from my friend soapy another good sis from spellman and she asked me how was remote learning for you this semester so our semester ended about two weeks ago spellman did an expedited semester like a lot of schools did which honestly kind of sucked at first because we were going through the material very fast but towards the end of it i was really happy that it was shortened because now i have two and a half months to just work focus on my podcast focus on myself and my mental health and without the shortened semester i'd still be taking classes right now i'd probably be doing homework right now as i'm speaking into this microphone so overall i would say it wasn't as bad as it could have been and that's just me viewing it with the glass half full i like i said i i would have much rather been on campus i of course any college student who stayed home this semester would have much rather not been home i miss my friends i miss going out i miss clubs i miss events i miss atlanta i just miss being an adult and having fun and having a social life <laughs> really so i guess in that regard it wasn't great remote learning wasn't great but in terms of coursework wasn't awful i had a lot of professors who did not put in grades in time and were very lazy honestly i'm just gonna say it my professors were lazy they wouldn't grade on time they wouldn't update our like portal we use moodle they wouldn't update it and make it easy for us to use if anything they kind of made it harder for us they made remote learning harder for us and i get i get it you know being a teacher during this time isn't easy either but they're getting paid we're the ones paying them like they're getting paid and the fact that they're not doing their jobs to the highest standard was honestly really sad and i gave them very honest reviews um but overall it could have been worse i'm pretty sure i got all a's i only have two grades in so that's good to hear i didn't really learn that much like i didn't retain very much information it was very much so um remember this unit for the test and then throw it out so that sucks hopefully that doesn't mess me up with my harder classes to come like fingers crossed that i don't need that information um but nonetheless i'm just trying to be positive about it so hopefully it's better next semester but not the worst so another college question actually comes from my friend nadia and she asked me how has university college changed how you view the world around you what are you more cautious aware of now this is a really good question because i haven't really thought about this and if there is anything anything at all it has shown me that big friend group does not equal happier it does not at all you should be cautious of who you let into your circle of who you let into your heart friend boyfriend girlfriend mentor professor advisor anyone like you should be 
very, very honestly careful because you never know how someone will change over the course of time. And I'm not saying, you know, have trust issues. I'm not saying, you know, don't let anyone in, but just recognize that your people will come to you eventually. It might not be first semester, freshman year. It might not even be first semester, sophomore year. It might not be until second semester, junior year, you truly meet your people and the people that you love and you bond with on a different level, but that's okay and that weight is well worth it. If you know in your heart that someone is not compatible friendship-wise, relationship-wise, mentally, if they're just off and on a different level than you in that way, you have to be honest with yourself and they might be fun to party with, they might be fun to kick it with, but at the end of the day, do they have you the way you would have them? So I'm just gonna leave that question on that. So I actually got two questions about relationship advice. One was advice on dating in college and the other one was relationship advice tips. <sighs> now, I don't really know if I'm the best person to give advice about this to, to be very honest with you. Um, <laughs> I am very protective of my heart and of my peace in general. And so, I mean, I guess I could give solid advice just from what I've seen my friends go through and what I know I don't want, but I'm just very like goal oriented and determined and I don't really let a lot of people in and the times I have have backfired on me. So, <laughs> you know, but if anything, um, I think my biggest relationship advice, let's start with the relationship advice and then we'll talk about advice on dating in college specifically, um, but relationship advice overall. The biggest thing that I would say is, I'd probably say it is to know your worth and know what you bring to the table and what you expect in return. I think that's the biggest thing. And I'll get into a few other things, <laughs> but the biggest thing I would say is to know your worth. If you are a kind, gracious, understanding, giving person, and you're not getting any of that in return, but you know, other stuff that might be good. That stuff doesn't outweigh that. That should not outweigh that. You know, you, you should be given the same level of love and respect and fairness and kindness that you are giving because that's the bare minimum. That is the bare minimum in a relationship. And it's really sad that men will do the bare minimum in a relationship and get a round of applause. Oh my God, he's so loyal. Uh, Ma'am, he's supposed to be loyal. That That's in the job description for a boyfriend. Um, You know, I have been at a point where I was excusing and forgiving a lot more than I should have. And I would 
spend my last dollar on this person. And, you know, he might have done that too, maybe. But did he respect me to the same degree I respected him? Probably not. And, you know, I'll never truly know because we've never had, like, a sit-down conversation about, like, these really deep (laughs) feelings and um, emotions and stuff, which you don't need to do. Um, So, but... With that being said, it is kind of hard for me to talk about things that I don't even know the answer to. It's just kind of what I feel was going on. Um, And looking back, because we got along so well as friends and as people, it kind of made me oversee the other stuff. So, you know, it's hard for me to talk about like relationship advice when I haven't even had a successful relationship yet that ends well and fulfilled and dating should be fun. Like every every young person, not necessarily young, but you know, older than me, like mid twenties, that's young. <laughs> every young person who gives advice on relationship that I've seen have said that dating should be fun. It, should, it shouldn't feel draining. It shouldn't feel, you know, emotionally taxing. It should be fun and it should show you what you like and, you know, you shouldn't be stressed about it. You should not be stressed about being in a relationship or getting into a relationship or, oh, sorry guys. Um, none of that, like it should be enjoyable. And the moment that it becomes unenjoyable and stressful and emotionally taxing and you're sad you need to get out of it you need to stop trying to date if you're not in a relationship yet but if you are in a relationship you need to get out of it and that was like i think that's some of the best advice that i've heard is that like if it's not fun when it's no longer fun and enjoyable then there that's an issue and you need to stop that and i think that's kind of where i'm at in my life is i'm just going with the flow and you know it's sad right now because I am lonely and there are times where I want to do the cutesy relationship stuff on TikTok or the cutesy relationship stuff on Instagram and that part is sad you know that part of being single is sad but nothing right now in like my quote dating life I say quotes because I'm not dating right now but nothing about my dating life is sad or taxing and that's how it should be you know the other stuff the stuff about being single we can work on that we can work on being feeling fulfilled and being fulfilled without needing a man we can work on all that you know you can't work on the sad dating life while you're in it and while you're in it and actively avoiding working on it if that makes sense i hope that makes sense but yes two pieces Knowing your worth, knowing what you bring to the table, and not compromising that for anybody. And two, keeping it light, keeping it happy, staying, staying, you know, excited and and fulfilled. And when that no longer exists, when that feeling is no longer in place, get out of it and know when to get out of it. You know? It's it's really easy to let your emotions and your heart take over take over where your brain is telling you and thinking and I know that from personal experience but you know really making that conscious 
conscious, conscious, conscious effort to stay in tune with what your brain and your head is thinking will help in so many different ways. Oh my goodness. And then to kind of touch on the like college specific part to that, um, I would say remember that you are more mature. Okay, I'm speaking as if I'm only speaking to women. I'm sorry. That's probably going to happen a lot. I'm going to forget that I'm speaking to men as well. Maybe. I don't know yet. I'm assuming. But this is for girls specific. Remember that just because we are now in college does not make these boys any less immature. They are still immature. It just, it is what it is. They still have a very boyish mentality and a lot of them are not ready to be serious. A lot of them are not ready to take a girl serious. A lot of them are not ready to give respect to women, specifically black women, but I digress. Um, dating college specifically. I feel like you need to remember why you are there. You are not in college for a relationship. It just is what it is. You're not there to find your husband. And if you are, what is it like spending $50,000 to find a husband. That's like paying $50,000 for a dating app, you know? So I'm just assume that most of you guys are in college for a degree and not a husband. You know, you come first, your education comes first, your degree comes first. The minute that you are in a boy's room or a girl's room in the devil's hours and not writing your paper is the minute you done messed up, huh? T, no, that is not okay. You cannot let them come first. No, you have to come first. You have to come first. You're in college. The second that you are out of college and in your career, you'll have all, what? You won't have assignments to worry about. You'll clock in, clock out. And when you are clocked out, you have all the time in the world to date and do the things. Now, when I say that, I don't mean ignore relationships. Obviously, being in college is such a transformative, experimental time where you are trying new things and exploring what you like, and it's amazing and it's beautiful. And I love the culture that college is and what it creates and how it breeds intelligent, intellectual people. I love it. I love it. I love it. Please, like, if you if you want and are willing to date, then date, of course. But when I say that you come first, I mean that the second you're dating is starting to take over from your studies and from what's really important because a degree will be with you to the end of time. You will have that degree until you die, Miss Ma'am. You don't know about this little boyfriend that you be sneaking in to see. You, you don't know. He, he might not be with you until you die. So just, you know. Take what I say with a grain of salt. Remember, everyone is different. Everyone's life is different. But I just think that it is important to put your studies before a relationship. It's just, that's just how I feel about that. So, yes. So, I got a great question from one of my best friends, Monica. Hey, sister. Um, 
and she asked me what are my career aspirations and i thought this was a great question um i kind of touched on it a little bit being as though i'm a political science major so i feel like you guys kind of caught on but i eventually want to get into politics yes i love it i love the power that it holds and i think for people who aren't super engaged with politics and people who you know you know they just vote when they need to but other than that they're not watching the news they're not reading articles etc etc they don't realize how powerful politics is in your day-to-day life they don't realize even for example like the supreme court the supreme court directly votes on policy and law that directly affects your life now if you're a white cisgendered straight male might be a different case you've you've never had your rights put on the line like that in the supreme court ruling that could literally literally affect how you live your life (laughs) that's neither here nor there but um it's just so like intriguing and fascinating to me that like if I gain enough support, I can be in a position to help so many people. And I just, I've always been a very caring person. You know, I went vegan for three months after watching like What the Health because I felt bad for animals. Not saying that veganism is horrible, but that just kind of shows like I I care a lot about a ton of different things as you guys will learn throughout this podcast. And being becoming a politician is a direct a direct um effect of me caring so much about other people like i want to do that to help people you know obviously i'll help myself too because i'm a black woman and you know we we can we could use some policy in our favor but the other marginalized communities you know the lgbtq plus community hispanics Muslims, like every marginalized community, I want to help them in every way I can. So um, as of now, I would like to go to law school first, right out of college. NYU Law School is the goal, or Columbia, but I've always kind of felt like I would fit in more at NYU, but wherever, wherever my path leads me, hopefully it's in New York City or Los Angeles. I'm also leaning towards USC Law School. And then I would like to become a lawyer. I want to be an entertainment lawyer because I do want to have fun. Still, I want to do something that interests me. I love music. And that world really interests me. I don't know a lot about it. So I'm leaning towards that. But on the side, doing pro bono cases for underprivileged children and families. And then eventually I would start out in local politics, you know, city council, mayor, and hopefully work my way up to senator. I would like to be a senator. And that's about it. I don't really think I would want to be vice president or president or any of that. Maybe, you know, an appointee to like a cabinet. That would be really nice. But yes, as of now, my biggest career aspiration is to be a senator that is the dream that is the goal once i have accomplished that i will have filled i will have 
filled, fulfilled. Is that proper grammar? I don't know. But yeah. Uh, a side goal of mine is to open a not-for-profit um, restorative justice, kind of like a rehab, a rehab prison. I don't really know what that would look like necessarily, but I just want an alternative form to prison that actually, you know, actually creates positive societal change, not just breeds more criminal behavior. Um, I'm doing an entire episode about the prison industrial complex, and I'm so excited for that episode because learning about how sick and twisted and disgusted the prison industrial complex is, is what really prompted me into being interested in politics. And I just can't wait to really get into get into depth about that. But that's like a side goal of mine um, that I want to like continuously work on throughout my adult life. And I know it will be hard, but I just, I'm excited. And I just can't wait to have it just like it makes me excited to talk about it so yes that'll be a future episode um yeah i got a question about the about my thoughts on the current drinking age which is 21 as we all should know and i don't really have that many thoughts about it i mean obviously i don't really think it makes sense for 18 to be the age where you are legally an adult but yet you still can't drink you still can't rent a car um, I'm sure there's other stuff you can't do. Now it's you can't smoke. They recently, well, not recently. Uh, was it last summer? They made, most states made it 21 for you to buy like tobacco products. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. But it's kind of just silly, I think, to have 18 be the quote, like legal age of adulthood and yet you still can't do those things um yeah i think a lot of countries have shown that when the the drinking age is lower you actually see a lot better results um i don't remember which country it is off the top of my head but i want to say it's switzerland the legal drinking age is 16 and that's so teenagers can experience alcohol and having alcohol in their system before they can drive so by the time that they're driving they won't feel the need to drink and drive and you know i'm sure there's statistics that like show how much better that is but um yeah i don't really have too many thoughts about it other than that i think it's silly to have the two removed from each other either make us a legal adult at 21 or make us a legal adult at 18. You know, like, it should be together, in my opinion. But, you know, there's various reasons why it's 21 and not 18. I think we all know that. And this goes back to why I want to be in politics. Like, there's so... Laws are in place strategically and specifically. And nine times out of ten, you can bet it that a law is in place to benefit the white man. And that's why... I just want to stop it. I want to be a direct combative force against those laws, against those policies, against those legislations because enough is enough. Like white men are not the only people in America. We we all we all need some law in our favor. 
Anyways, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. And the last question that I am going to answer also came from Monica and she asked me, what are my goals for this podcast? And I really wanted to end with this question because I talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but I just want to sum it all up and, you know, reinforce why I wanted to create this podcast and where I plan to see myself and my goals as she asked. So I hope that I can touch at least one person. That is literally my biggest goal. I just want to spread awareness about topics that I care about and topics that are important. I want to spread knowledge. I want to spread perspective because something that I'm a huge advocate for is being open-minded and understanding different perspectives and not being ignorant, not being intolerant. And something I've picked up on throughout this like election, this past election season is a lot of leftists are just as ignorant as Trump supporters. And you might be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, no, they're not. Yeah, a lot of them are. Just because you are liberal, you are a leftist, you are a Democrat does not automatically exclude you from being ignorant. You know, I think there's a lot of ways that both sides can improve. I mean, obviously, you know, Trump supporters, Republicans need more work than we do, but I am such an open-minded, kind of like holistic person, even though I am a liberal, I am a leftist, and that's, you know, how I view myself. I, I most align with that. I, I personally don't believe in the party system at all, you know, and because I don't believe in the party system at all, I'm able to see things for what they are and I'm allowed to call out BS on both sides if I need to. And I hope, you know, while I, like I said, I want to keep this podcast not too specifically politically related, you'll see in the conversations and the episodes that I, that I host a lot of it does come back to politics unfortunately you know human rights is political in america which is really sad because of that a lot of the rights that we are advocating for are are rights that we should be guaranteed at birth there are rights that we should not be advocating for we should already have it and because we should already have it 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 makes us a little bit fed up at times. It makes us a little bit a little bit less willing to listen and you know, we know our stance is the human stance, is the moral stance. You know, I learned about that in my national government class. Liberals are the morally sound political party. Um we and so we know that. We recognize that we put value on morals whereas conservatives really don't but because we recognize that we think that that just eliminates us altogether from being bad people you can still be a bad person and consider yourself a liberal and so i hope that this podcast shows you all the ways and i say you referring to 
maybe a white liberal, a white liberal with black friends, um, maybe even conservative. If, if a conservative stumbles upon my podcast, that'd be great. A Trump supporter, even better. I hope they're listening, even though I highly doubt it because, you know, Trump supporters, conservatives aren't very keen on staying engaged and listening to people who dis- disagree with them. I hope that me talking about issues in the black community, issues in America in general, and how they all relate to politics, body politic, race politic, shows you just how interconnected everything is and how something as little as, let me think of an example, something as little as a black father telling his black son don't do that gay shit enacts years of internalized homophobia and that's just one example i could go on and on and on i think you could probably tell this is a pretty long episode i can go on about these things so i really just hope to bring new perspective and open some of you guys' minds to viewpoints you had not realized before, you have not considered before, you haven't really taken the time to ponder and really listen to them dissect these viewpoints and how they got to where they are. And, you know, that that makes me excited. The, the chance, the possibility to do that for someone makes me so excited. You know, I, throughout quarantine, I've had long phone calls with a lot of my friends and these are like hour long, hour, two hour. I don't, I don't know why I said hour. These are like four hour long phone calls where we'll just go back and forth, like debating essentially um, why we believe in something over something else. And while they, it, it can be emotionally taxing at times because, you know, the conversations that are hard to have and they're conversations that a lot of people either feel strongly one way about or strongly the other way about. Therefore, you know, neither of us really leave the phone call with a changed perspective it's so important to have these conversations because i'm teaching them stuff that they can then go and bring back to their friends and then so on and so forth and it's just being spread and you know it starts with talking to the people closest to you it really does that's that's really where you know change starts is having these difficult conversations you know no one wants to talk about why they're homophobic they don't you you know when you talk to someone who's homophobic, even even if they don't consider themselves homophobic, when you talk to someone who is homophobic, it's almost like talking to a mirror. And I say a mirror and not a wall because what you see is yourself. You see yourself, not because they are you, but because you're seeing everything that you've been told and all these things that you're always hearing, you know, when you're not one of the ics or the isms or the ist, <laughs> you know their stance on things. You know how they feel about things. You know why they feel this way about things. And you have valid arguments against them, right? We know them better than they know themselves. And that's that's what's crazy about it 
we know why they're homophobic better than they do. They think they're homophobic because the Bible. And this is just one example, guys, you know, when really there's (laughs) plenty of proof that shows that even the Bible doesn't condemn homosexuality. It condemns pedophilia. It was just translated wrong. You know, probably on purpose. I'm pretty sure it was translated wrong on purpose, but regardless. I I want to show that having these conversations and actually listening and engaging and like because it's one thing to just turn on a podcast and then go about your day and not really take it in. You need to take this in, absorb it, and then apply it to your life and your thinking and the way you were raised. That's where it is. So I don't even know if any of that made sense. That was just a stream of consciousness. Um, I hope you get the gist of what I was trying to say about my goals and aspirations for this podcast. So to round up this episode, I just want to thank you all for listening. I am so excited. If I haven't said it enough already, I'm going to say it again. I'm so excited to finally have a space to just decompress and talk about all the things that I talk about on a daily basis, but now to a larger audience. Now I can really talk to people. You know, I talk to my friends about these things all the time, all the freaking time. But they agree with me. I know they agree with me. And so now I want to talk to people who might not agree with me. I want to talk to people who will never experience what I experience because they're not a woman, because they're not black. You know, I, I want to I want to talk to just everyone. And you can't do that from your friend group, your small friend group. You got to just open yourself up to a larger audience. And I'm so excited for that. Everything concerning me will be in the description for this episode. I'll have my personal Instagram. I'll also have my personal Twitter. And I will have my podcast's Instagram as well. I don't have a Twitter for that yet. I probably will once I have um, a bigger um, base of listeners in a couple weeks or months or so but right now we just have an instagram and i think that's all that needs to be linked this is my first time so i'll have to see what other podcast um shows typically put in their descriptions uh, i think it's mainly just a description of the episode so yes i'll also have a description of the episode and i'll also have the business email if anyone wants to contact me and i companies businesses people whatever whatever and i think that's about it so again thank you so much for listening and i cannot wait to have an even better conversation in my next episode because each episode is only going to get better thank you see you guys next time bye